0: You have a Bible a copy of God's Word. If you could take it and turn with me to the book of Revelation, the end of your Bible, the last book of God's Word. Um, if you're visiting with us this morning, we believe that God's Word is the only rule of faith and life, and so we just simply march through books of the Bible. Um, and this fall, we are going to study the book of Revelation. This might very well be the most neglected book uh, in the Bible, but particularly in the New Testament. It's funny, when I was preaching through the parables uh, this summer, you know, people don't blink. They're like, man, that's awesome, great. They don't think a thing about it. When you say, hey, we're studying the book of Revelation this fall in our church, you get this blank stare and you get an "Uh uh-oh. Why in the world would you want to do that? That's often the reaction. Why is that? Well, we don't know what to do with this book. It's filled with complex and bizarre and strange images of beasts and dragons and lots of numbers. And those who do claim to know what to do with the book immediately start drawing very complex end-of-time tribulation timelines. Or they start trying to identify... Uh, a political figure or candidate as the Antichrist. Or they start stocking up <laughs> on lots of water and lots of food getting ready for the day of Armageddon. And when we hear that and we think about the book that way, we, it gets really weird. And we don't know what to do with it and we think this is way too much work to study a book like this. And so, what do we do? We just completely avoid it. Look at verse three. Blessed is the one who reads, blessed are those who hear. Now, that's really significant because what we learn right from the beginning of this book called Revelation is that this book is not meant to make, make us more anxious. It's not meant to make us afraid or worried. It's meant to be a blessing to us. So very simply, by God's grace, this fall I've got one goal. And that is to put the book of Revelation back in your Bible. My hope is that as we study this book, that it would be a blessing to us. And that it would give us hope. Hope with that in mind, follow along with me as I read. This is God's Word, Revelation 1, verses 1 through 8. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angels to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom and preached to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is the word of the Lord. Let me pray and ask God to come through his Holy Spirit and to help us uh, this morning with this passage. Let's pray together. Father, we do ask that your spirit would make clear the things that we read this morning in Revelation chapter 1. Teach us this morning through this passage and more than anything would you show us that the point and the topic of Revelation is to reveal Jesus to us in a new and fresh way. And so would you do that this morning with us, in Jesus' name, amen. Look at verse 1. We see that the author and uh, church history agrees that uh, early church history and the church believes that the book of Revelation is written by the Apostle John. You'll see it there, verse 1. This is Peter, James, and John, one of Jesus' closest friends. Uh, This is the John. Jesus is on the cross, and he looks at John and says, Take care of my mother. I tell you that because you don't tell someone to take care of your mother that's cold hearted. You tell someone to take care of your mother if they've got the heart of a pastor. And so, the book of Revelation, right from the beginning, we need to know that it is a pastor that is writing to us this morning that loves the church. And he's writing in around 96 AD from the island of Patmos. It was a prison island. And if you want a picture, think Alcatraz in San Francisco. But this island, the island of Patmos, was much more rugged and much more remote. And John has been placed there as a prisoner by the Roman government. Why? Because he's a follower of Jesus. And he, from this island, writes a pastoral letter called Revelation to the church. And this church is experiencing a couple of different things. These churches, and we'll see the number seven means complete or wholeness as we go throughout our study. So he's writing to the church universal. He's writing to us this morning on Valleydale Road. But specifically to the original audience, they are, number one, suffering terribly. Okay, Domitian was the Roman emperor at the time, and he was persecuting the church. They were suffering economic hardship. They were watching many of their friends die for following Jesus. We could say it this way, Christianity is no longer working for them. They look around at the world, and it seems like evil is winning. And so much so that people, Christians, were ready to throw in the towel and give up on Christianity. That's one group. But there's another group that he's writing to, not only to people who are suffering terribly, but to people who were living lifelessly. And so these are people not, that were no longer finding Christianity interesting, they were bored, they were apathetic. John will in a couple of chapters say things like you've lost your first love. He will say you appear to be alive on the outside but you're actually dead on the inside. Or to the church at Laodicea he will look and say you're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. And so he's writing to people uh, who Jesus is being choked out you could say by the cares of the world. And so I would just want to stop there at this point and say, does any of this sound relevant at all to your current situation? Does any of this sound relevant? to In 2020, 2,000 years later, you bet it does. Anybody here suffering terribly? Some of you have lost loved ones in the middle of this pandemic. So much so that you don't even know how to grieve because it's thrown all of that off. Because you've totally had to change the way you bury people you love because of COVID 19. Some of you have been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Some of you get up every single morning with chronic pain, and it takes you a while to get going. Some of you have depression that you cannot shake and that will not leave you. Some of you have experienced rejection from friends all of us in some way, shape, or form are experiencing suffering with this pandemic uh, and this coronavirus. And you look around, it does, it seems to me, oftentimes, you look out into the world and it seems like evil is winning. Others of you, though, maybe you're living lifelessly. Maybe you don't want to be, but you're bored and apathetic Towards Jesus. The spark that you once had. And the passion for your faith. Is a distant memory. And I say all of that this morning right from the get go. Just to say that we need this book. This fall. I need this book this morning. And here's the thing. John's remedy for people who are suffering terribly and living lifelessly. Is he hands them the book of Revelation. Now think about that. How many of you, if you had a friend right now who was confused about the world, it seemed like evil was winning, they were suffering, or they were apathetic or bored, would say, here, I've got something for you. Read Revelation. None of us would do that. That's what John does. You see, these original readers here found something in this book that was so sweet that was so good that even though they were in the midst of very challenging circumstances, they found something in the book of Revelation that enabled them to stand tall and to take courage in a world that did not make sense. And if it changed them 2,000 years ago, my hope and prayer is that it will change us this fall as we study it. This morning we're simply going to get our bearings We're going to lay the foundation as we prepare to study this amazing book called Revelation. Two things this morning. I want us to look at the purpose. Secondly, I want us to look at the point. The purpose of Revelation and the point of Revelation. Let's look at our first point, the purpose. Look at verse 1. We're going to spend a lot of time in verse 1. We don't even have to get past verse 1 to lay the foundation for this book. Loaded. Just in the very first verse. The revelation of Jesus Christ. The word revelation there is the word apocalypse. When we hear apocalypse, we immediately think zombies. (laughs) Doomsday. Armageddon. But the word actually means to reveal. It's a word used of the theater. It's the image of pulling back the curtain in the theater and showing you what's behind the scenes or what's behind the curtain and what's really happening. In other words, a revelation is given to you to reveal, not conceal. Let me say it another way, that's significant. It's given to you to clarify, not to confuse. In other words, you don't need a secret decoder ring in order to figure it out. Look at verse 1 again. To his servants. Not to PhD students with a PhD in theology who are experts in the end times. To the church. To normal people like us. And I say that right at the very beginning for this reason. We've got to keep this in front of us at all times as we read and study this book. And we've got to keep coming back to it. If you get lost along the way... Principle number one, this book is meant to be understood. It's meant to bless you. It's not meant to make uh, you terrified and confuse you. And so, how does John do it? How does he go about blessing us? Well, by giving us a picture book, not a puzzle book. Look at verse 1 again. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to... Show us, not to tell us, but to show. I love Eugene Peterson here. He's got a commentary on Revelation. Eugene Peterson says, by the time we get here, in Revelation, we've got all the data we need. Listen to what he says. I do not read Revelation to get additional information about the life of faith in Jesus. I've read it all before. In the law, in the prophets, in the gospels, in the epistles. Everything in the book of Revelation can be found in the previous 65 books in the Bible. But what we get here, Peterson says, is a new way to say it. In Revelation, what we get is not more information, but we read Revelation to revive our imagination. In other words... Revelation enhances the truth that we've already learned in the rest of the Bible. Think about it like an iPhone. You know, when you've got a picture on your iPhone and you enhance that picture, it's not a new picture, it's an enhanced picture. You are looking at that picture in a new and a fresh way. That's what Revelation is doing. It's not giving you new truth, so to speak, but it's giving you truth conveyed in a new and fresh way. And it does it through these very powerful images and pictures. Think about the power of an image. That's what Revelation is giving giving us, these powerful images so that they might go deep inside of our hearts and stick with us so that we might be changed. Let me give you some examples. Revelation comes to us this morning in the middle of a pandemic. And it comes to us and it says, yes, the world se- seems to be coming apart at the seams. Yes, people are looking around saying, where is God in all this? It seems like evil is winning. And the John comes in the book of Revelation and he doesn't give us Romans 8.28. God works all things together for good. Deal with it. Is that true? Of course that's true. But think about Revelation again, it enhances truth that we already know. And John comes and he says, "Come, let me show you something. Come up here." John says things are not as they seem. And he goes to Revelation chapter 4, which this is it's an amazing passage and John throws back the curtain and he says, "Let me take you into the very throne room of God and show you something." The throne is not empty. But it is occupied. And all of creation is around the throne and they're worshiping. He comes to people that are suffering. That have experienced loss and heartache and pain. And John doesn't come and say, suck it up. You'll get through it. It'll be okay. Just give it some more time. No, he comes and says, come up here. Let me show you something. Things are not as they seem And in Revelation chapter 21, he throws back the curtain in the heavenly places and he shows us a picture of the new heavens and the new earth, a place where there is no more tears and no more viruses or pandemics and no more death or suffering. And we see Jesus making all things new. He comes to people who can't shake their guilt from their sin. And he doesn't just say, You're forgiven. Yes, that's true. He doesn't just say, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Yes, that's true. You know what he does? He says, come. Let me show you something. And he throws back the curtain in Revelation chapter 5, and we see a lamb bleeding on the throne. Because it's the lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. Over and over in the book of Revelation, it comes to us and says, Friends, things are not as they seem. Things are not as they seem in the world. Revelation gives us a new set of glasses. It gives us a new way of seeing the world so that we might reframe our present circumstances in light of the unseen realities of the present and the heavenly places. Revelation pulls back the curtain and takes us into the spiritual world. A world that is just as real, if not more real, than this world that we're physically in. And it says, look, God has not left. He is at work in the world, even when you can't see it. Now, does that take away your pain? Does that take away the pandemic and suddenly make it go away? I wish it did. Does it change your circumstances that you find yourself in? No, it doesn't. But does it reframe your circumstances? Absolutely it does. Friends, my hope is that as we read this book and as we see these amazing images and as we listen and hear this book that these images might revive our imagination and give us a new set of glasses so that it might change the way we see our lives and the way we see the world around us. That's my hope and prayer for this series, for all of us and for our church. Secondly, the point. The major point and the most important thing about this book uh, can be found in verse one. Notice how it begins the revelation, remember, it means to reveal the revelation of jesus christ john's not giving us the title he's giving us the topic the topic and the main point of revelation is jesus he's trying to reveal jesus to us not the main purpose and point of revelation is not to figure out all of the end times charts And whether or not COVID 19 means that the world is going to end. That's not the point of revelation. It's given to us, it's not given to us to unlock some secret code, but it's given to us so that we might see Jesus in all of his glory. Think about it. What do we most need? What do you most need? in the midst of confusion and pain and chaos and your apathy and boredom with Christianity? What did the original readers most need? Well, we don't need a seven-step program to your best life now. What people need, what I most need and what you most need and what we all most need, whether you're suffering terribly or living lifelessly, is we need a bigger vision of Jesus. We need to see Jesus more clearly. We need Revelation to throw back the veil so that Jesus might be revealed to us in a greater and more vivid way. We need John to throw back the veil not so that we would be amused but so that we would be moved by who Jesus is. What we most need is the Jesus that we see described right here in these opening verses of the book of Revelation. Let's look at a few of them. Verse 4. Grace and peace from him. Okay, so from Jesus, who is and who was and who is to come. I want you to think about how huge that statement would have been in the middle of the Roman Empire, in the middle of persecution. Remember, he's writing to these Christians. And everyone in Rome was looking to Rome to provide and to protect and to give them peace. And John says, not if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, that's not where your hope and peace comes from. uh, If you're a Christian, your hope and your peace and your protection and your provision comes from God. Grace and peace flow from Him, he says in verse 4. And so here's a question. How many of you right now would describe your life As feeling peaceful. How many of you would say you're at peace? Well, I would say very few of us, probably. But I tell you what has ramped up. And there's lots of good reasons for it. Stress, being overwhelmed being more anxious and frustrated, you throw that into starting school back, which we've never done in the middle of a pandemic, you've got stress and more anxiousness than ever before. You throw on top of that an election coming in a couple of months, I would say that we feel anything but peace. What about grace? Would you use the word grace to describe what comes out of you? with the people that you relate with would you use the word peace to de- or grace to describe the world that you see around you well look on social media for about 2 minutes and you'll get your answer you don't have to look very far to see a world that is full of hate and shame You don't have to look very far to see a world that is working off an economy of merit and performance rather than grace. And Jesus comes, we see it here this morning, and he offers us, and he offered these early Christians something far better and something far more beautiful. Jesus says, I always come with grace and I always come with peace. And he brings grace to us. In the midst of our failure and mistakes. How does he do it? Look at verse 5, the second half. To Jesus, who loves us and who has freed us from our sins by his blood. You see, unlike the world, This is why Christianity is such good news. Is Unlike the world, your relationship with Jesus is not based on your performance and on your merit, thank goodness. But it is based on His love, on His deep love for you because you are His child and you belong to Him. Not only does Jesus bring us grace, but He also brings us peace. Friends, our peace does not come from Washington, D.C. It comes from Jesus. Our peace does not come from a pharmaceutical company coming up, and we need it. Don't hear me say that. We need it desperately. But our hope and peace is not in a pharmaceutical company coming up with a vaccine for COVID-19. Our hope and our peace is in Jesus. Look at verse 5. This is the verse that I've been thinking about all week that totally jumped off the page to me as I was studying this passage. I have not been able to stop thinking about it. Jesus is, does it say, a ruler of the kings of the earth? Jesus, the ruler of the kings of the earth. I've been hearing and I'm experiencing it even in my own life. People all around me, I hear and feel the anxiousness growing as we get closer to November the 3rd. And listen, please don't hear me saying you do not need to be involved. You're a citizen in this country. You need to exercise your right to vote. Yes, Christians need to be involved in things like politics because that's very important. But our hope is not in November the 3rd. That's not where our peace comes from in this upcoming election. Why? Because Jesus is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Verse 6, to Him, let's just walk through this, to Him be dominion forever and ever. Verse 7, not only is Jesus reigning as we speak, He's coming back. And it says every eye, notice every eye, every knee will bow. And see that he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Friends, Jesus is in charge of America, not us. If you want to summarize the book of Revelation in two words, here it is Jesus wins. Period. Three words. Jesus wins. And listen, we need to be wise, of course, and we need to be thoughtful. But our belief that Jesus is the ruler of the kings of the earth should inform the way we live. Even in the midst of chaotic and stressful times that we are experiencing right now. Let me close with this as I try to summarize the point of Revelation. I heard this illustration this week or read it in a book that I'm reading. And uh, it, you know think about when it starts to turn cold. Outside, I'm ready for those cooler temperatures. But when you turn on your furnace for the first time and the heat is going through the ducts and you're in your back room but you're freezing to death and you're thinking the heat's on, you go to the vent and you notice that the vent is closed. The heat has been coming through but you're not benefiting from the heat because the vent was closed. Well, you open up the vent and all of a sudden the warmth of the heat starts to fill the room. That's Revelation. Jesus comes to us in Revelation. The main purpose of Revelation is to open up the vents of our hearts, so to speak. To flood them with the warmth of Jesus. That's the point of Revelation. And as we begin a new series and a new semester or a new fall and a new school year in our church, things are going to look different. You already know that. We're in (laughs) masks. We're in the middle of a pandemic. School looks different. Church looks different. But hear this. The goal is the same. In this church, by the grace of God, we will hold up Jesus week after week after week. And we will offer Him to you. Because He is the one that sustains us. Friends, what sustains us is not college football. I can't wait as much as anyone. But it's not what will sustain us. It's not not even church activities. It's not school activities. Don't get me wrong, those things are wonderful. What sustains us is Jesus, Christ and Him crucified. Why? Because He's the giver of peace. He's the giver of hope and grace. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And so I really hope you'll come back this fall as we jump into this amazing book called Revelation. And it reveals Jesus, the wonders and the beauties of Jesus to us in new and fresh ways. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this amazing book. Holy Spirit, would you use this book this fall in the life of our church to change the way we see our lives. To change the way we see the world around us. Use this book to reveal the beauty and the wonders of Jesus so that we might love Him in new and fresh ways and so that we might love Him more deeply. Help us through your Spirit to do that in Jesus' name. Amen.